Hello, and thanks for tuning in to this week's podcast from Prism Insurance Agency. As you know, we put in a ton of time and effort to make each of our shows as valuable as we can. If you find the information useful, please share this podcast with a friend by emailing it to them or sharing this on the social media site of your choice. Researchers found that nearly half of undergrads polled claimed they did not understand the concept of compound interest. And of the 53% who claimed they understood, did not estimate savings growth accordingly. It's no wonder that many Americans are not prepared for retirement. And today we have with us Craig McKenzie to help us understand the math behind saving for retirement. Dr. McKenzie is a professor at the Rady School of Management and Department of Psychology at University of California, San Diego, where they have done a lot of research behind the psychology and understanding that Americans have now that they have to save for their own retirement through 401ks and other type of savings accounts. Welcome, Dr. McKenzie. Nice to be here. Craig, you just recently had done a study, and today we look at pensions are kind of a thing of the past. Social Security is in doubt, and I think now more than ever, especially with people living longer, retirement is becoming a personal responsibility, yet we're finding so many people are ill-equipped to do it on their own, and you've recently did a study that talks about how important it is that we get an education process started early with kids to understand the concepts of savings. Can you talk to us a little bit and describe what you went through in that study and what prompted you to even start looking at the psychology of saving for tomorrow? Well, those are all good questions. Generally, what we knew outside of the savings area is that people just have a really poor understanding of exponential growth. And as we all know, or hopefully will know now, savings grow exponentially over time. That is, the slope increases faster the further out in time you go, which means that people are underestimating how much money they could have at retirement. Turns out that this hinders them, it keeps them demotivated from saving. So what we show in the paper is that people really do grossly underestimate how much money they could save over their career. And when we point out how much money they would actually have, given annual compound interest and the exponential growth that's associated with that, that motivates them to save more. And part of why that's interesting is that you might think that when people find out that they're going to have more money than they otherwise thought, that they might think, well, I don't need to save so much after all. But what we find is that it motivates people. They realize that saving early really does pay off. And what they really find out is the extent to which it pays off, which is big. But then they're more motivated to save more for retirement. Hey, Craig, is there a way to kind of put that in an example in numbers? Because I know the Wall Street Journal article that talked about interviewing you recently and your study kind of referenced the undergrads that you had surveyed. Basically, were thinking, gosh, if I'm saving so much per month now and I wait 10 years, I just have to double it in 10 years and I'm about the same place. Can you kind of equate in numbers the impact of compounding? There were a couple of studies looking at that. One was just straightforwardly asking people, you know, if you're going to save, say, $400 a month for 40 years at 10% annual compound interest, which is a relatively high number, especially for these days. And we could talk about other numbers, but nonetheless, that was one of the questions we asked people. And they would come up with numbers around $200,000 that when they retire, they would expect to have about $200,000 in their account, when in fact, the correct answer is more something like $2.3 million. So they were giving answers that were less than 10% of the correct answer. So that gives you some idea of the amount of underestimation that occurs. Now, that's tempered somewhat when you talk about lower annual return rates, but nonetheless, the phenomenon is still there. And then you were talking about this notion of underweighting the cost of waiting to save. 
And in another experiment, what we did was we took an example, called them Alan and Bill, and they're both going to retire in 40 years. Alan starts saving $100 a month now. Bill is going to wait 20 years, which is probably the typical scenario. And then the question is, how much is Bill going to have to save every month in order to have as much money as Alan at retirement? And most of our subjects, uh, the average subject, says, well, Bill will have to save about $200 a month. He'll have to save about twice as much as Alan because Bill's only saving half as long, so he needs to save twice as much. But in fact, given the numbers I gave you earlier, the 10% annual compound interest, he really needs to save almost $800 a month. So they're really underestimating the cost of waiting to save, that waiting those 20 years to start is going to be much more difficult to make up for than people have a very good sense for. Now, it's interesting that they underestimate in one area and overestimate in the other. What question I have for you is, if they feel that this savings amount will leave them 200000 what is it that's keeping people from saving more? Because 200000 isn't a lot of money today. Yeah. Or are they just thinking that, wow, 200000 is a lot of money and that'll last forever? What seems to be the well, circumstance there? Also a good question. I think it may be a couple of things that may both be pushing in the same direction. On the one hand, if you really think you're only going to have 200000 well, let's back up a little bit. First of all, people have really no sense of how much money they're going to need at retirement. That's a very strange question for a 20-year-old to be pondering and really think through. Part of the problem also is that if you think money grows linearly, and you're estimating, you know, the way I'm going right now, I'll have 200000 well, it's a big sacrifice to save more now, and the perception is it's not going to be much of a benefit later. That's really where the problem lies here, that people aren't understanding how much bang they're getting for today's buck later. So they think I'm going to get an extra $2 at retirement by saving a dollar today. They don't realize I get an extra 7 or $8 at retirement for every dollar I save now. So I think those sorts of things are going on. Now, you also ran an experiment, I think, that dealt with visually or graphically demonstrating the impact of this strategy and all the benefit, of course, of compounding and starting early. Can you kind of just talk about the impact of that and how did it motivate people to address saving? Right. Backing up a little bit, part of the reason we did the intervention you just described, which I'll come back to in a second, is that in one of the experiments we found that a couple of things. One is giving people a calculator didn't really change things. We gave some participants a very simple calculator to use. That changed virtually nothing. And the other thing is that in one of the experiments we asked people whether they understood what compound interest is. Only 53% said yes, which was a bit surprising. And then we said, if you do understand it, if they did say they understood it, then we asked them to explain it briefly. And several subjects who said they did understand it didn't demonstrate any understanding of it in their explanation, so we eliminated those. So of the people remaining, the people who actually demonstrated understanding compound interest, those people didn't perform any better than the people who didn't know what compound interest is or didn't have any notion of the concept of compound interest. So it doesn't seem to be an education issue in the usual sense of take an economics class and learn how to calculate compound interest and all this is going to go away. What we intuited is that it takes more than that. It's not about understanding compound interest. It's about understanding the effect of compound interest. That is the exponential growth. And so our intervention was about highlighting the exponential growth of savings. So in one case, we had undergraduates and we presented them with a graph showing exponential growth. I won't go into all the conditions, but one of the conditions basically asked subjects questions about the graph that highlighted the exponential growth, and that did affect people's performance in some of the tasks that we gave them. So when we highlighted exponential growth, people were less likely to underestimate the cost of waiting to save. And in another experiment, we used real employees, and the manipulation there was we had two groups, 
We used their actual 401k information for each participant in the experiment. One group was simply shown their current account balance, so that would be the usual situation where monthly or quarterly you get your current account balance. The other group what we showed them was their estimated account balance at retirement if they continued saving at their current rate. And so based on our other experiments, we can safely assume that those people, the latter group, the people who were shown their account when they retire, are surprised by how much money is in their account at the time. That latter group that was shown their account when they retired, which was supposedly surprisingly high, they were more motivated to want to increase their savings. So it motivated them to save more compared to the people just shown their current account balance. You know, I got to say, I think what you hit on there, we see that every day in working with clients because the emotions of the market on a day-to-day basis and with all the volatility, we see a lot of people getting derailed where they'll stop contributing and just feel as though they're putting money in only to be taken away. And I remember in the past talking about Rip Van Winkle. If everybody put their money away, could fall asleep and wake up and see it. Instead of that whole journey, they'd all be happy. But if they just lost money in the last quarter, forget about what happened the 30 years prior to that. All of a sudden, they're looking at it as a terrible thing. And I think one of the problems with today's society, and maybe you found this in your studies, is everything's about now and today. You look at McDonald's commercial, you deserve a break today. It's that instant gratification, I think, The younger generation with video games and everything else are looking for instant response. Do you see that as part of the problem with saving for the future? Is that just some unknown time way out there and they want to know what's going on today? Or is it a sense of hopelessness about retirement? They think it's not worth it. What are you seeing as some of the other reasons why people may not be focused on their future the way they maybe should be? Other people have talked about these sorts of things, so excessive intertemporal discounting, which just says basically that who I am 40 years from now, I just don't give much weight to compared to who I am today. Or other people have said, well, we think I know it's a good idea, but, you know, gosh darn it, I just want to take that break today instead. There may be generational differences. In our work, I think what we're doing is we're tapping into something even more fundamental, which is just this basic, this deep and fundamental misunderstanding of savings growth. And that may be in addition to these other things that are going on, but this cuts across it and it seems to be true for just about everybody. Even I think people who work with financial numbers every day, if you were to ask them some of the questions that we ask the undergrads, I don't think that they would do very well on it. They would know that they're going to be horrible at it. And that's actually an important part that maybe we should come back to is this notion of knowing your intuitions are bad. The savings problem over decades is a very difficult one. It's even difficult to calculate properly, and our intuitions are absolutely horrible. So our contribution here is really about this fundamental and deep misunderstanding about how savings grow. We can point it out to them in very simple ways with this graphical intervention or just showing them how much money they will have at retirement. They're pleasantly surprised by this, and they realize the benefits of saving now. And, you know, this has a lot of potential for, I think, a very simple way of getting people to save more. And this may be those other issues you were talking about may be in addition to the sorts of things we're looking at. But I think the sorts of thing we're tapping into is a very basic and important one. Well, and if we take the time to kind of talk about the impact over time, of course, in compounding growth and creating that exponential growth, I know a lot of times you look at a person's 401k statement. Many 401k statements today are projecting if you continued at the same pace at an assumed interest rate of growth, you should have these dollars at this particular time. But are the youth also calculating what's that dollar going to buy me? 
that far down the road. So at the same time, we're calculating the impact of compounding growth. Are we also, to motivate ourselves to start early or increase our investment, contemplating what's that dollar going to be worth and the impact of inflation? Yeah, those are good questions. And to the extent that people are pointing out how much you're going to have when you retire, our work suggests that's a very good thing. But it also, I think it needs to be pointed out, I don't know how long that effect's going to be. So maybe when you get your statement, you look at it and think, oh, I'm pleasantly surprised. I should save more. But unless you're sitting at the computer or sitting in front of your advisor and are making decisions about your savings at that time, we don't know that this is going to have any effect. So what we're suggesting is that this sort of information, this highlighting of exponential growth, be presented right when people are making decisions about whether to save and how much to save. Now, regarding whether people have a good sense of how much that dollar is going to buy them when they retire, I suspect they're probably terrible at it. I mean, there's so many aspects of the whole savings game that people are terrible at. We're pointing out, I think, one part of it. Another one we touched on earlier, which is even this notion of how much do I need when I'm going to retire? Other things come up, which is when I do retire, how am I going to spend my money? So now I retire, I have this fat check, hopefully, this fat bank account. Well, what do I do now? All of these things are very difficult. People are struggling with it. You touched on this at the beginning of the program as well. Importantly, with the pension plans of the past, that wasn't an issue. And this wasn't dropped in everybody's lap. They just got a check for life. Well, all this has changed now under the assumption that people are at least reasonably good at this. Some people are terrific at it, but I'm guessing the vast majority of the population are absolutely horrible at all of these things that we're describing. And it's very concerning. You know, as you were talking, it it has me thinking about, you know, retirement really is something that is a new phenomena that has only happened in about the last hundred years or so, because it used to be with life expectancies being a lot shorter, people worked, if they were fortunate enough to be retired, it might be for a half a year or so, and then they passed away. Well, now we went from a period of time where companies provided pensions, people didn't really have to think about saving for retirement, Social Security came into the frame work. And now all of a sudden we have this where retirement was all taken care of for us to now it's all been shifted back to the individual and they may spend more time in retirement than they actually do working. And it's so important to save. And we see it every day as financial planners. People are not prepared for retirement. And most of them wait till they're about 50 years old before they even really stop to think about it seriously and see what impact it has. So what your studies are showing, we see it on a daily basis sitting down with folks. I guess one question I think we should cover, because we talked about 53% knew what compound interest was or said they did, and a lot of them didn't even get the answer right. Why don't you share with our audience, what is the definition of compound interest? All we were looking for in our question, at any rate, was some understanding of the fact that you will earn interest each year on interest earned previously. So that was the level at which we wanted some demonstration of understanding. And at that level, we got about 40% of participants who could do that. And these are undergraduate students, so they're relatively educated, relatively bright kids. But again, I want to emphasize here that even when we took a look at that 40% and compared them to the other 60%, they didn't do any better. So it's not about really understanding what compound interest is, as far as we can tell. It's about understanding the effect of compound interest, understanding that exponential growth. That's the motivating part. And that's what people have horrible intuitions about. 
Craig, let's take a quick break, and when we come back, let's kind of sum up and give some people out there some hope of maybe what was the most impactful. We might have already covered it. What was maybe the most impactful experiment that inspired or motivated people to really address the issue of proper savings? So please stay tuned. This copyrighted program and its contents is given with the understanding that neither the hosts, guests, nor station render legal, medical, accounting, tax, or other professional advice. The information and opinions expressed here are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendation for any individual situation or security. For specific assistance, you should seek the services of a competent professional. To learn about a specific investment option, ask your Real Wealth Advisor for a prospectus. Please read the prospectus carefully about the fees, expenses, and risks before investing. Real Wealth Advisors offer security and investment advisory services through Woodbury Financial Services Incorporated, member FINRA, SIPC, and registered investment advisor, PO Box 64284, St. Paul, Minnesota, 55164. Real Wealth Advisors and Woodbury Financial Services Incorporated are not affiliated entities. This is Real Wealth Weekly on the Real Wealth Advisor Network. And now a personal story from the 2010 Life Foundation Spokesperson for Life Insurance Awareness Month, actress Leslie Bibb, whose recent credits include roles in Iron Man 2, Confessions of a Shopaholic, and Talladega Nights, The Ballad of Ricky Bobby. Leslie was just three years old when her dad died. At that time, Leslie had no idea what life insurance was and how it benefited her mother. Today, Leslie realizes the enormous impact it had on her life. Let's hear her story. Hi, I'm Leslie Bibb. Photos are my memories. My parents together, dancing to their favorite song and celebrating with friends. Young and in love, they never suspected that their lives together would be cut short. Everything changed when my mother received the awful call that there had been an accident and my father hadn't survived. All of a sudden, the task of raising four girls and keeping our family together fell on her shoulders. But my mom's burden was lessened by my dad's thoughtfulness. His life insurance policy enabled our family to pick up and carry on. The love we show while we are alive is why we live. The love we show after we are gone allows life to continue on. My dad loved us enough to expect the unexpected. Life insurance was his legacy of love to us. No one should be left grieving and in need. Take care of your loved ones by thinking ahead to the unthinkable. Learn more at lifehappens.org, a public service message from the nonprofit Life Foundation. Welcome back as we continue our conversation today with Professor Craig McKenzie, and we were talking about the reality of how few people have really contemplated appropriate saving for retirement, factoring when to start, how much to save, what will my dollar be worth, and what is the impact, of course, of compounding over time. So it is startling to hear, again, that 53% only really understood the concept. And I think, just correct me, Craig, the study involved interviewing not only college students, but did it also include employees at a Fortune 100 company? One of our studies did include real employees. We didn't ask them the compound interest question. Okay, all right. But obviously there was even in that case probably a big disconnect on what it really takes to save, I'm guessing. Yeah, presumably. And the study with the real employees of showing them their future account balance did motivate them, implying that they were underestimating that, they were pleasantly surprised, and they were motivated to save more at that point. 
As an advisor, naturally we're talking to people every day and we're trying to inspire and motivate them because we know as advisors it's really easy to deal with a client who ends up in retirement with just too much money because they've done a great job of saving. The hard part is after 20 or 30 years of working and saving to look across that table when somebody says, am I ready to retire? And as an advisor, we have to take into consideration naturally many factors and to kind of look across the table and say, you know what, it's just not ready yet. That's always a challenge. So as we get an opportunity to work with the younger investor, because they have so many tools available to them today to be able to save, we haven't even touched on naturally things like Roth IRAs that grow tax-free and all those things that you should be talking to your advisor about if it's appropriate for you. But the reality is we would like to be able to inspire people to take advantage of saving properly out of the different experiments that you had done. Is there anyone in particular that stood out that's really inspired someone or allowed it to connect and click for them? Geez, I really need to understand this concept for me to be able to properly plan for my own future. Well, we don't talk to individual subjects. It's really a sort of a group-level analysis that we do. But I think the upshot of what we recommend based on our research is when people like yourselves, advisors, are talking to people and they're at the point where they're making these crucial decisions, and this might apply to employers as well, talking to employees, that when they're at these crucial decision points, this is where we know people have this fundamental misunderstanding of savings growth. This is where it needs to be pointed out to them about the exponential growth, about if you start saving now versus if you wait until later, or you save this much per month versus that much per month, here's what you're going to have at retirement, that this sort of thing people have horrible intuitions about. And pointing this out, helping them understand the exponential growth really helps them understand that waiting is a problem, that the earlier they start investing, the better off they're going to be. And one other thing about the intuitions I want to point out is that, of course, we know that there are all these financial tools out there to help people because we already know that people have bad intuitions. But people have to know that their intuitions are bad before they're going to go to those financial tools. And I think people's intuitions are so bad that I don't think that they realize how bad they are. That we know when people are estimating their account balances at less than 10% of what they really would be, it's not obvious that they know they have a problem, that they need to go to the financial calculators in order to figure out what's going on. So I think really helping them at the time when they're going to be making their decisions is key. I appreciate that. We always try to remind people this is not an area that you should go it alone. One of the jobs we have as financial advisors is to try and take that emotion out of the decision. So it's getting through and inspiring and motivating a person to say, look, this is your objective. Here's the goal. Here's the solution. And trying to take that emotion out of the decision. You don't have to become an expert on inflation and you don't have to be an expert on compounding. The best is understand the core basics and then find someone that you can trust and work with that's more of an expert in that area and guide you throughout life in effect as a financial life coach. So I hope you'd agree with that. Sounds great to me. Yeah, absolutely. Because there's a true sad disconnect today. There's so many people trying to go this alone. And for you to say, I mean, literally about 50% of people didn't understand these basic concepts. Concepts, that means they need someone else. I always trying to delegate things that I'm not good at to someone else. And in this case, if it means saving, boy, connect with a qualified advisor that can guide you properly. So, Craig, this has been a pleasure. I really appreciate this perspective because you've shared the results with listeners today that we know as advisors that people just aren't properly planning or even conceptualizing some of these issues. So thank you so much for making this so clear for people to understand. I hope we can reach out to you in the future and visit again. That's great, and thank you very much for the opportunity. I appreciate it.
Thanks for joining us this week, and tune in again next week as we explore another phase of the real wealth process. And remember, if anything you heard in today's show you'd like to get more information about, contact your real wealth advisor. Also, if you feel that any of this information will be helpful to a friend or family member, just click the Forward to a Friend button. This copyrighted program and its contents is given with the understanding that neither the hosts, guests, nor station render legal, medical, accounting, tax, or other professional advice. The information and opinions expressed here are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendation for any individual situation or security. For specific assistance, you should seek the services of a competent professional. To learn about a specific investment option, ask your Real Wealth Advisor for a prospectus. Please read the prospectus carefully about the fees, expenses, and risks before investing. Real Wealth Advisors offer security and investment advisory services through Woodbury Financial Services Incorporated, member FINRA, SIPC, and registered investment advisor, P.O. Box 64284, St. Paul, Minnesota, 55164. Real Wealth Advisors and Woodbury Financial Services Incorporated are not affiliated entities. This is Real Wealth Weekly on the Real Wealth Advisor Network. Thank you so much for tuning in to this week's podcast from Prism Insurance Agency. We've got additional information and links in our show notes which you can click on to learn more. If you have any questions about any of the topics covered or would like to learn more, you can go to our website, www.myprisminsurance.com. You can reach out to us on Facebook or LinkedIn or Twitter. Call us at 951-243-2800 or email me directly at prob at myprisminsurance.com. The email is in the show notes as well. Once again, thank you so much for tuning in and have a wonderful week.